Welcome to the Venture Church Podcast of Venture Church in South Mississippi. Find out more about us at VentureChurch.org. Venture family, hey, I want you to know I love you and, you know, I miss seeing you, but we're going to make the best of these days. And one thing you know about Venture, if you've come very long, we're a church for the unchurched. Uh, people that have given up on church, people that have been burned by the church, people that are cynical of the church. And I want you to know something. This is our greatest time to reach people. I, I want you to get that. I mean, we're not sad or depressed about it. We're excited about the opportunity to be who we are. So one of the things we're doing going into 2021 is we're going to launch a new campus in Jones County. Uh, Kyle Warren's going to be the campus pastor. You're about to hear from him. Uh, his wife, Brooke, they both live in, in Jones County. They live in Laurel. It was crazy how we hired him. I don't have time to tell you that. But it was God working and preparing us to have a, an amazing campus among the amazing people in Jones County. Now, Kyle's going to come and give you a word in our Haywire series. Now, I told you about that. Uh, Haywire is the whole deal about the wire that holds the hay together and things going crazy and upside down. And he's going to tell you a great word today about how to take the next step of faith. So I want you to listen to him and take notes. And I want to pray for all of us that we listen and let it just be absorbed in our hearts. Let's pray. God, we thank you that in the middle of the craziness, God, we have hope. God, we have faith. God, we know you're going to bring us out of this. Bless Kyle today. Speak to our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, let me say... Again, welcome to Venture Church. Man, listen, we are so excited that you're here today. And I got to tell you, man, I'm really excited to be unpacking some of the next steps that we're going to be taking as a church and what God has for us in the future. But really more than that, man, I'm excited to be unpacking some steps that you and I can take together to grow in our faith in the midst of this season, because we know, man, it's, it's chaotic and we don't know what's coming down the pipe. But we do know this that God has something in store for us to not sit still, but to continue to push into his purpose. You know, I don't know if you were uh, worshiping with us on Easter weekend, but on Easter weekend, we announced at the end of our experience that we were going to be launching our fifth physical campus, a brand new campus in Jones County, Mississippi. And listen, I got to tell you, for a guy who absolutely loves Venture Church, man, loves the vision and mission that God has given us as a church, but also for a guy who, who lives in Jones County. Man, I live there now. I'm born and raised there. My wife and I, Brooke, we've, we've been praying for revival to break out in Jones County. We've been praying for God to do a new work to revitalize, man, his work in that area. Man, to, to drop that announcement, it, it was a big day of celebration for us. Like we were, man, we were calling our people, texting our people, sending messages. It was a lot of fun, but I don't know if you know this or not, that celebration didn't last all day long, right? Because about 6 p.m. on Easter Sunday, the largest tornado in our state's history and the third largest in our nation's history touched down for about 67 miles, and it left a, a two-mile-wide path of destruction, complete destruction through many counties around South Mississippi, including much of Jones County. And so what we thought was going to be the beginning of a celebration really meant it turned into the beginning of a comeback story and a comeback story that a lot of you have, have been able to be a part of. Because just 36 hours after that tornado touched down, man, you mobilized all sorts of teams. There were about seven different teams who were in Jones County and around the surrounding counties that were cutting trees, that were 
putting tarps on roofs, helping people salvage the, the few personal possessions they could put their hands on. Man, you were loving people well, encouraging people, even giving them a hug and just a smile in the season. You, you collected thousands of dollars worth of supplies and uh, food and, and hygiene products and just the necessities of life to be given to people that, man, a lot of you probably will never meet. You know, it, it really was, for me, man, it was all inspiring to see your love and your compassion and your grace on display. And let's not forget that, that all of this happened in the midst of a global pandemic surrounding COVID. You know, I, I'm convinced that in times of pain, in times of chaos, in times of heartache, in times of uncertainty, that the world begins to look at the church in a brand new way. The world begins to watch you as believers and watches your hope and your faith because as believers, right, we claim to have a hope that stands above all other hopes, right? We claim to have a faith that, that never runs out, right? We, we say we have a hope that stands above all brokenness and, and we have a faith in a good God who works good things in and through the lives of his people even when circumstances aren't all that good. And so when, when life goes haywire, man, the, the, church, the world is watching the church to see how your hope and to see how your faith is going to respond. You know, for many of you, I, I think that's why you're probably here today because the strongholds around you have just come crumbling down. And so you're watching today, man, just hoping that you can find something to have faith in, something good to have hope in. And listen, I want you to know you found a good place. We're glad you're, you're here. And even if, man, even if you can't muster the faith and the hope right now in the season, I want you to know we're having hope and we're having faith for you. We're believing that God is not done and God's gonna continue to do good things. And listen, I'm completely convinced because I've seen this firsthand that over the past several weeks, over the past months, in the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of a storm, what the world has seen in and through you, what the world has seen in you and in this church is a faith that says, if the gates of hell cannot stop the church, because that's what Jesus promised us, that if the gates of hell cannot stop this church, then a virus certainly cannot, and neither can a storm. That if we as a church can't gather together in buildings, and if we can't worship together collectively, then we'll take our faith to the streets, and we'll take our faith to our communities, and we'll worship there. And if our communities are destroyed, then you know what? We'll rebuild our communities on a message of hope and a message of grace and a message of love because God is not done with his church. As a matter of fact, listen, we can't be done. Like what's at stake for us is simply too costly to ever stop, right? We can't stop moving. We can't stop pushing forward because what's at stake for us as his church is not just us. It's not just a building. What's at stake is people's lives. What's at stake is people's eternities. It's a message of eternal rescue. And so as a church, we know this, we know we're not going to stop and we're not going to back down. We know as a church, we're going to keep pressing forward. And listen, we're going to set the sail and we're going to believe that God is going to send the wind, even when it might not make sense around us. And we're going to keep pushing back the darkness and we're going to keep taking new territory for the gospel. And we're going to keep pushing in to the chaos that's around us because, man, we believe in a good God who is still working good things. And we believe that this God has, he has prepared miracles and he has prepared works for us. But we know this, that those miracles aren't going to be experienced while we're sitting safely on the sidelines but that the miracles God has prepared for us to be a part of, we're going to experience them in the midst of the storm, in the midst of the wind, in the midst of the waves. 
And so today, as we lean into, as we press into what God has in store for us as his church, what some of the next steps are going to be in launching out in a brand new work, in a brand new campus in Jones County, but even as we, we lean into this idea of how your faith can continue to grow and continue to develop and, and thrive in the midst of this season of chaos, and I'm really excited to, to, to give you this idea. It's just one simple idea. It's that faith responds one step at a time. You know, Martin Luther said that faith means taking the first step, even when you can't see the whole staircase. And I would argue that faith necessitates not seeing the whole staircase. And what I mean by that is that if you knew what the whole path looked like, right? If you knew what the next six weeks or six months looked like, you wouldn't need faith, but we don't know. We don't know what the next press conference is going to tell us. And so we desperately need to hold on to a faith, but not a faith that tells us to sit still, a faith that tells us to keep pushing, to keep pushing back the darkness, to keep conquering giants, and to keep taking new territory. And so I want to lean into this idea with you about faith and how it takes just one step. And listen, I know that that you are being challenged. We're all being challenged, and our faith is being challenged. And so I want to challenge you. I want to give you another challenge in this season, just to take one step. Just take one step with me. Take one step to be a better husband, to to be a better wife, to be a better parent. Will you just take one step to partner with Venture Church or to partner with the church around you or or to partner with a brand new work that Venture's doing in Jones County? Will will you just take one step to grow in your faith, to grow where you are? Take, Take one step to influence a life around you. You know, anytime I think about this idea of, of taking just one step, even though we don't know what that one step might look like, I always come back to the story of Joshua. Joshua chapter 3, if you want to read along with us or take any notes, man, it's such a powerful story. I want to read a couple of verses to you, starting in verse 5. It says, Then Joshua said to the people, Consecrate yourselves, which means make yourself holy. Do what you need to do. Get right with God. Do what you need to do to be in right standing with God. For tomorrow the Lord will do wonders Among you. And Joshua said to the priests, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass on before the people. The Ark of the Covenant, by the way, was like it was a representation of the presence of God. And so this was this was like uh, God saying, This was like Joshua saying, Hey, God is going in front of us. And so, so they took up the Ark of the Covenant and they went before the people. And the Lord said to Joshua, Today I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all of Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. And as for you, Command the priests who bear the Ark of the Covenant, when you come to the brink of the waters of the Jordan River, you shall stand still in it. Now listen, let me kind of set up the context here and what's going on so we got a good picture of what's happening here. The Israelites, under Joshua's command, they are at the brink, they are at the very edge of the promised land. This is a land that God had said, I'm preparing big things for you. I've got blessings prepared for you beyond anything you could ever imagine. Now, they've been at this point before, not this physical location, but they've been here before at the edge of the promised land. A generation ago, before what we just read, 40 years before this, when Moses was leading Israel, they were at the edge of the promised land, one step away from taking all the promises that God had prepared for them. And so Moses sends spies into the promised land, and the spies come back and say, listen, I know, man, I know God has done big things for us, but Moses, you just don't know what's over that hill. Then it's chaos. Like there's giants, there's obstacles, there's wars. There's too much, Moses. We just can't do it. And because they lacked faith in what God had prepared for them, they missed out on the promises 
that God was readying them for. But where one generation failed, another generation is about to succeed. And so now, 40 years later, Joshua and the Israelites are getting ready to take that step into the promised land. And so for you today, right, for many of us, the step, one of the steps we need to take in order to step into the life that God is calling us to live is we need to step past our failures. You know, listen, we've all made mistakes, right? I mean, you have, I have, we all get that. None of us are perfect. Sin has broken that. Sin has broken our world. And the world that we live in is not the world that God prepared us for. And so, man, there's a lot of things that go wrong. And there's a lot of things we've done wrong. Maybe you've said some things you wish you could take back, man. Maybe you've told some lies that have broken a relationship. Maybe you've, you've made some decisions that you think you just can't come back from. Listen, step past that failure. Because that failure is only a failure if you don't learn from it. Maybe you've coached that up before. Maybe you've heard that coached up before. But listen, I want you to hear God speak that into your life today. A failure is only a failure if you don't learn from it. And so today, step past that failure and step into the purpose that God is calling you into. Step past that brokenness. Step past that addiction. Step past that broken relationship. Because listen, it does not define you. I know you feel like it might have defined the last year, the last decade of your life, the last season of your life, but it's time to turn the page into a brand new chapter because that doesn't define you anymore. Step past that failure because I promise you this, the promise of God says that he separates our sins from us as far as the east is from the west. He's not using that to define you and neither should you. Listen, I want you to know that's gonna take some stuff from you, okay? I understand, like it's hard and it's gonna require some trust. It's gonna require some, some faith on your end. When we read um, <clears throat> this passage in Joshua, you heard Joshua tell the people, hey, today or tomorrow rather, tomorrow God is going to do wonders among you. And he, I, I believe he said it that way because he had no idea what God was going to do, just that God was going to do something. This is kind of like what Andrew said to Jesus at the feeding of the 5,000. You know that miracle? There's 5,000 people gathered around and everybody was wondering how in the world are we gonna feed these people? And all the disciples said, listen, there's no way, there's no way we can. But then Andrew steps up and says, listen, God, Jesus, I don't know what you are going to do, but I know you can do something. And so here's a couple of pieces of bread and here's a couple of pieces of fish. Sometimes that's all we have to offer, right? There's this faith that says, I don't know what you're going to do, but I believe you can do something. And faith means just taking that one step to say, God, I'm giving you what little faith I have in this moment. You know, there's an idea that I've been hanging on to, man, and it's an idea that, that's really giving us a, a lot of purpose and a lot of strength as we step into this call to launch a brand new campus. And it's that obedience always comes before a miracle. Obedience always comes before a miracle. I, you know, that, that's hard for me to, to really wrap my mind around because honestly, like I wanna sit back and I wanna say, God, listen, if you'll do a miracle, then I'll obey. God, if you'll just save this, if you'll fix this problem, then God, I'll step out and God, I'll trust you. But that's not how it works, right? What the story tells us, what, what the narrative of God's word tells us is that obedience always comes first. In order to experience a miracle, oftentimes it means we have to step into a situation that requires a miracle and requires a work of God. Let me show you what happens in Joshua's story. So we know that God told Joshua and the priest, hey, you need to take the Ark of the Covenant and you need to step into the Jordan River. Now here's what happens, verse 15. It says, as soon as those bearing the Ark had come as far as the Jordan, 
And the feet of the priest bearing the ark, those who were carrying the ark, were dipped in the brink of the water. And then it gives us this thought. Now the Jordan overflows all its banks throughout the time of the harvest. So listen, understand that what we're talking about here, it's not just your normal body of water. This is an overflowing river. This is rushing waters of chaos and of uncertainty. You know, we, we always have a certain measure of, of chaos in our life, right? We always have a certain measure of uncertainty in our life, but what we do is we build up these, these banks, these walls of security, right? And so maybe, man, maybe for you, it's, it's your finances. Maybe for you, it is your, your own personality. It's your relationships. Maybe it's your popularity. We build up these banks of security, trusting and hoping that it's gonna help us control these, these chaotic waters that are, that are running through our lives, but every now and then. And every now and then it, it rains a little bit harder than we, we had planned on. And every now and then the storm lasts a little bit longer than we had planned on. And what happens is those waters of chaos begins to overflow and, and overtake our lives. And it, it takes what used to be a wall of security and completely washes it away. That's where Joshua and the Israelites were at this point. They had stepped up to the Jordan and this was the place, this was the barrier, this was the thing that was holding them back. Listen, what's holding you back from the purpose that God's calling you into? And they get up to the edge of the water and they remember God's told them, hey, when you get there, you've got to step into it. I've got a wonder prepared for you, but you've got to press into it. You've got to step into the chaos. And so the way it worked as they carried the Ark of the Covenant, there was always two priests in front and two priests in back that all carried kind of a corner. And so they get there and the first two kind of step in and they, they get their footing and they're looking around and they're thinking, hey, hey, this is okay. Like, hey, we're okay. As long as y'all keep your, your footing back there, we're gonna be okay. And so they step a little bit further and they step a little bit further and they get to the, the edge where the last two in the back, hey, now they've got to step into the water. The guys in the front, they're, they're holding on. They're trying their best to hold on. It's a rushing river trying to take them downstream. And they remember, God told us, hey, I'm gonna do wonders. You just gotta trust me. You gotta step into what I have prepared for you. And it says that as soon as their feet dipped in the water. They didn't go waist deep. They didn't go knee deep. But just as soon as their toes dipped into the water, the story tells us that immediately the water stopped. This overflowing uh, river just stopped in a moment. And it says that, that the priests stood firmly on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan. I love this, right? You, you know that, that verse in Psalms where, where the psalmist praises God for, for giving him a firm place to stand, for, for placing his feet on a, on a firm rock. You know, a lot of times we're looking for that rock, right? We're looking for that firm place to, to take the next step. But we forget, right? And sometimes it's hard for us to remember in the moment that, that God doesn't have to make the rock. He doesn't have to make the firm place clear at the beginning, but he can create it in the midst of the chaos around us. That's exactly what happened for the priest and for the Israelites. They stepped into the water and immediately a firm place was created for them. But it took, it took a step of obedience. And so for you, and maybe today the step you need to take, and this is a step we're taking as a church, not really knowing what's coming in the future. Hey, we don't know. We're just like you. We don't know what the next press conference is gonna hold. We don't know what, what we're gonna get told next. We don't know what the next six months will look like, but we do know that God has prepared something. And we do know that God is telling us we can't sit still and we can't wait, but we gotta press into the work he's calling us to. And when we take that step, the firm foundation will be made. 
And so maybe for you today, the step you need to take is simply a step of obedience. And maybe that looks like stepping into uncertainties and stepping into the unknown. Maybe that looks like pressing into the chaos around you. But maybe for you, what that looks like is simply doing the thing you know you should have been doing all along and taking that step of obedience that God's been calling you to this entire time. Can I give you just an idea? I find it really hard for us to pray for miracles that God would restore our broken relationships when you're still flirting with that guy or that girl at work. I know it just got a little awkward in your living room, but it's a reality. And listen, you can't keep praying that God is going to do a miracle in your finances when you keep spending hundreds of dollars on addictions. That's not how it works. Right? Miracles are going to follow obedience. And listen, I, I don't want you to think that, that what I'm saying is your entire relationship with God is going to be an if-then statement. Right? And like If you uh, read one chapter of the Bible a day, God's going to answer one prayer. That's not how it works, but here's how it does work. That if you're following God, if you're doing what, what Scripture calls abiding in Him, if you're following Him and if you're leaning into a relationship with Him, you will find yourself in the places where God has already prepared a miracle. For the Israelites, that's where they were. God had already prepared the miracle. They didn't know what he was going to do, but he did. And he took them to the place where the miracle had already been prepared. God's preparing miracles for you. God's preparing works for you. He is preparing wonders in your life. But it's going to take a step of obedience to find where he's working in and through you. Now listen, I know that that's kind of a scary idea because the uncertainties are real in life. And I know that we don't always know what the future holds, but we do know who holds the future. And so let me give you another step, because maybe the step in this season that you need to take is a step over your fears. You know, in uh, verse 17 of Joshua chapter 3, there's a really cool idea there. I love this statement where, where God, or where the story tells us that after God parted the water, after the river stopped and the priest stood on dry ground, that all of Israel passed over the Jordan River. Like this was the thing, this was the barrier for them. This was the thing that was holding them back from the promised land. But in this moment, they were able to walk over this thing. And I want you to understand that, that walking over the Jordan doesn't mean that God gave them wings and they kind of flew over the barrier. No, no, no. God gave them the authority and God gave them the power to literally step on the thing that was holding them back. And so for you, listen, I don't know what's holding you back, but I do know this. I know that God has not given us a spirit of fear. He has not given us a spirit of timidity, but God has given us a spirit of power and of authority and of courage. He is giving you the ability to step on the things that are holding you back. So step over that fear, step past that barrier, step into the purpose that God is calling you into. Step into the purpose because he's prepared the miracle. He's prepared the work. He's giving you the authority and the power. He's just asking you to take a step with him. And so listen, I wanna ask you the same thing. Will you just take a step with me today? Just one step. You don't have to know all the answers. Listen, I don't know. They are. None of us do. I just want to ask you to take one step. One step to lead your household well. One step to influence your community. One step to partner with Venture. One step to partner with Venture in a brand new work in Jones County. And dream with me. Man, dream with me for just a second what that would look like if all of us collectively just took one step.
One step into the purpose he's called us to. One step of obedience. One step past our failures and over our fears into the life that God's calling us to. What I believe that'll look like is communities, is counties, is states that's radically changed for the glory of God. If we'll just take one step today. Listen, I want you to know for my people in Jones County, man, I'm incredibly excited to take this step with you. I'll be honest with you, just like everything else, I don't know what this is going to hold. I don't know what the next six months is going to look like, but I know. We know that God is calling us, and we know that we can't back down. We know that we can't stop pressing forward. We know that we've got to set the sail, and we're going to take new territory for the gospel. And man, I'm excited to be on this journey with you and take this step. And so listen, in just a second, you're going to hear from Blake and Ashley again, and they're going to talk with you about some of the practical steps you can take today to take a next step with us at Venture or to take a next step and partner with this work. Man, and I can't wait to see the wonders that God does. Let's pray. Lord, we come before you, God. I thank you. God, I thank you for the the strength that you give us, for the authority, for the power that you give us. And Lord, I, I pray for the people today, for all of us today that's getting ready to take one step. I pray that you'll give us the courage, that you'll give us the authority, that you'll give us the power and the faith and the hope to take this step in you. And Lord, we are trusting fully in your plans and your purpose because that's all we have today, God, is faith in you. Lord, we praise you. And God, we're excited to see the work that you do. All things we ask in your name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for the Venture Church Podcast. To find a campus near you, check out VentureChurch.org.